Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey everyone, it all comes down to this. We have final Oscar predictions, in my case mostly final, uh, on our big pre-Academy Awards podcast episode, Blowout Smash, add another adjective. It's a... Bonanza. Yeah, there we go. I like the excitement. Well, spoiler alert, Miles is here. Hey, that's just a word I came up with just now. Bonanza. I like Mm, it. You might want to copyright that. I think it's a show, isn't it? Isn't that a show? It was. It was. Okay. And uh, and Steve is also here, who just revealed that he still gets Netflix discs. I do. I'm one of the two. Who's the other one? Let's meet up. Probably Mark Johnson. <laughs> I was thinking, probably Mark. But I, I, sh- I should have asked him when we were hanging out last week. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the, this is the big one. Uh, Miles and Steve have their final predictions. Minor probably final there's a couple of categories i'm still waffling on so friday when you see my final predictions that'll be where i'm at but most of where i'm i'm at today is where i'm gonna be at it's just you know privilege of getting to spend a little extra time with it so we'll get into those in a minute because that's going to be the main focus we do have one question though that i wanted to bring up we had a lot of like sort of comments about things that we don't need to necessarily get into but mostly people rooting for things which totally cool um in terms of the question, Ryan McDermott has a filmaholic face-off for us, and uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. It's other filmmakers' versions of movies nominated for Best Picture, I believe. So you're gonna have to imagine their take. So the first oh, one so is, so we're voting on hypothetical movies. Yes, great. Um, so for example, Steven Spielberg's Belfast or Guillermo del Toro's West Side Story. Wow. So basically, uh, the Fableman. Or Del Toro's West Side Story. Um, I don't know that I would imagine Spielberg's Belfast being that different. I mean, obviously yeah. he would have the personal perspective, but he's made movies that are pretty close to that. Um, yeah. So as long as Ansel Elgort's not in it anymore, I'd see Del Toro's West Side Story just because it would be something different. Well, being it's a, a, a Catholic Protestant story currently. It would be interesting to have Spielberg's perspective as a Jewish family growing up in the area. Um, so I don't think it would, you know, it, it, would it be the same, like, so same script? Or is it... I mean, we should establish our rules. Is it just that this filmmaker directed it or is it their version? I think we should go with just this filmmaker directed it. So yeah, okay. He, okay. he's directing just, Kenneth Branagh's oh, script. No, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Okay, yeah, I agree. West Side Story about the Del Toro. But if it was Spielberg's perspective in the same, you know, in Belfast at that time, that that would be interesting. I do still think I'm going to go Belfast because I think so. Maybe this is cheating, but here's how we'll we'll go from it from now. It's the same script, but obviously a filmmaker with a certain take, it can be their take. So, yeah, you know, Del Toro's West Side Story is not going to necessarily have the same vibe as Spielberg's. I think Spielberg's Belfast would probably focus on a little more on the war aspect of it. And and kind of have that angle. I think it would be. I think it would be similar. I think you're both right, which is good because I love that movie. But I, I am curious how it would tinker. I'm. They're both interesting. I just. I tend to like Spielberg more than Del Toro, so I will go Spielberg. Yeah, I, I think uh, Branagh's personal touch is what makes it. And for sure, stripping that away from it, you know, it's going to be an interesting film with Spielberg. But I think it's going to lose the heart that it 
that uh, Brenna, uh, Brenna uh, injects into it. Probably. I do, I do wonder if Spielberg will lean into the troubles and find the, like, I don't want to say it's like a Schindler's List spinoff or anything like that, but find the loss of innocence due to war type thing and be able to play off that pretty well again. I don't know. This next one is wild. Paul Thomas Anderson's Dune. Oh. Or, or Adam McKay's Drive My Car. Oh, God. Okay, well, neither I definitely... Could, <laughs> neither no, filmmaker I, could do these. I, I have zero interest in Adam McKay's Drive My Car. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, Paul Todd Sanderson's <laughs> Dune. I mean, listen, it's, it's an out-of-the-box take, but he's an interesting filmmaker, and if he had the passion to get that far in the process where he's directing it, then maybe he's got something interesting to do there. So yeah, PTA is doing, let's see it. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. I don't, I, I, I'd see anything PTA, but (laughs) that one would have a question. It's very not his style. No, I can't even imagine it. These are two never in a million years films. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with PTA and, and do, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, I would see either of these filmmakers' movies no matter what. These are just not the types of films either of them are at all interested in making. Like, PTA's Dune I'd be curious about because how can you not be? McKay would just never make Drive My Car. It would – there are – I mean there are other movies on this list that I feel like he might do and like do with his style and I'd be curious about. But there's just no way to do the Adam McKay style with Drive My Car, which side note, Winning Time is phenomenal. Love that show so far, um, which is he directed the pilot and is sort of his style. Oh, okay. But HBO, so good. HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's like uh, the sports Lakers. succession, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the building of the Lakers. It's the it's the show that broke up uh, Will Ferrell and Will Adam Ferrell McKay. and yeah, not no Will Ferrell and Riley. It is yeah. No, no, Will John Ferrell C. Riley and Adam is who McKay. he replaced him with, but. Adam McKay. It ruined, no, it ruined uh, John C. Riley's relationship with Farrell, I think. I mean, possibly too, but like McKay and Farrell no, were no, they've producing been, partners. There's a bunch of stories where McKay, because Farrell was originally going to play that role, He's gonna play and Jerry McKay Moss. decided that Riley would be a better fit and just horribly mishandled letting Farrell know, and now they're not on speaking terms. Oh, I, yes, I thought it was. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I so I think the original version of the show was sillier, and Farrell was going to kind of do it big and broad and and fun and i think as they kind of hit on like well this is maybe this can be a like very funny but also serious show maybe we need like to balance that a little bit and like john c Riley is a clown too but he's a he's a better dramatic actor and he hits on it pretty well he's so good in the show so like he made the right choice but yeah you, you'd think especially if you're friends with someone it would be it would be easy to be like well like here's the show we're making now. Like you have to realize that this is a better fit with John and like, can we, can we find something else? You know, all that kind of stuff. So like it was definitely mishandled. Like he's even said, uh, and well, yeah, said, like I, I screwed McKay's, it up. Like, it's my fault. Yeah. By McKay's own admission, he basically, he should have handled it better and he just didn't. I, yeah. I feel like there must've been, he must've been in production on don't look up or maybe the thing he's doing now, the, is he doing the Jennifer Lawrence, um, Theranos thing, right? That's his next project. I don't know what he was doing, but it seemed like there was that maybe producing succession and just like it was like sent an email when he should have made a phone call type thing or however it worked out, but it certainly didn't work out. 
Well, um, you're right. Well, I, I see all the headlines here. I read it wrong or heard it wrong or whatever, but I, I was upset about that. And like now I don't care about McKay I, I have no idea. Farrell, what, uh, but John, John C. Riley and Farrell would be up. I feel like side. he's just caught in the middle. Yeah, exactly, because he's friends with both, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All this to say uh, PTA is doomed. <laughs> um, next up, uh, Raisuki Hamaguchi's Licorice Pizza or Denny Villeneuve's Don't Look Up. Oh, oh man. Oh, I kind of want to see both of these. Both sound good. Both sound depressing. Yeah, I mean, both would be much more depressing than the respective movies we got. I mean, I do love anything Villeneuve touches, so I'm inclined to go with his Don't Look Up. But Hamaguchi's Liquor's Pizza would be a trip, too. It would be about <sighs> the same length. If not longer. Yeah. Um, I think by a hair, I'll give it to um, Villeneuve's Don't Look Up. I'm right. I'm going that direction too. I think I, I actually want to see that film a lot. Yeah, I think I have to go that way too. Um, Villeneuve, I mean, this is this is the film that I, I when it came to Dune, I was skeptical and not really interested, and he, he mostly turned me around on it. Um, I'm really interested in Rendezvous with Rama. I've wanted to see that for years, ever since it was like a Fincher movie. So I'm I'm into that idea. Like I think I think he has the right touch for kind of taking almost anything and doing it like didn't he and also didn't he say in an interview last week that like his like secret fantasy to make a movie is an adam mckay scripted comedy uh, villeneuve said that yeah i'm pretty sure it was him oh. I'm, gonna look, I'm gonna look i hadn't heard quick. that but i would be into oh wait no you might be right yeah i mean maybe that inspired the question like- Adam McKay, that- D- Denny Villeneuve wants to direct a, doc, a dark comedy by Adam McKay. And one of the interviews, he was just like, that's like my, like, if you could just, like, you know, how I don't know, if, I guess for the readers and the listeners, like, sometimes I'll ask a, an actor or a filmmaker, like, blank check, you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do? And like, nine times out of 10, it's like a Western. But I guess someone asked Denny Villeneuve, and he was like, an Adam McKay scripted dark comedy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the people you wouldn't expect. Like, PTA's talked about how he loves a lot of the Marvel movies. Like, sometimes totally. you just don't know. Like, I the mean, stuff that they're known for isn't necessarily the stuff they always like for I themselves. Mean, was it Tom Cruise who said it? Someone said it. I don't remember who, but uh, Stanley Kubrick loved The Simpsons. <laughs> like, that was his, I can see and, and that. His, and doesn't, like, Nolan love Step Brothers or something like that? He likes, nope. like, a dumb comedy. Nolan loves MacGruber. MacGruber is like his favorite movie. <laughs> Anne Hathaway has talked about uh, they were on Interstellar together, and every now and then uh, he would just like do a MacGruber quote, and she'd be like, "What is happening?" Yeah, like there's 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 something to to be said for remembering that these guys and 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 ladies, you know, are in the business. Like you gotta love film, so it, it, you tend to watch a lot. Um, it would be unusual to never watch anything else, you know, like. I, I understand if you don't like a type of film, then that's that's fine. But also, like I, I'll always remember the story. We, a bunch of us, were at a press screening, Lincoln Square in New York City, Upper West Side, and um, Frances McDormand and her Cohen brothers' uh, husband apparently were seen going to a movie, and like that's cool. They live they, they live in the area, great. And we, it became like, what are they going to see? What's playing? And you go to a little kiosk and you're looking. And as best we could tell, they were probably going to a Transformers movie. Well, and she was like, in one of them, so... Exactly. Is it just like, we're bored, let's go see a movie? Like, what are they doing with this nonsense? You know, it was just... It didn't make any sense on the surface, but you forget, like, it's just going to a movie. 
especially for them, maybe they're just like, this is two and a half hours. Let's like sit and watch nonsense and we can like not think about the world. So that's cool. Um, here's a, here's an interesting one. This is an actual uh, flip. Sean Heater's King Richard or Ronaldo Marcus Green's Coda? Ooh. Um, I, I have guess a Sean very strong he- opinion about this, but I want to hear what you guys say first. I kind of don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that I want to see either of these, but given the choice, I think Sean Heater's King Richard, because maybe she would have the benefit of foresight to know where the focus of that story should be. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo Marcus Green's Coda sounds just... I'm getting... Is it... What's his other movie with Mark Wahlberg? Joe Bell. Joe, Joe Bell. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I get from that pairing. I mean, he also did, was it Monsters and Men, I think, was that other one? Like, he's made two good movies and one bad movie. But his bad movie's very bad. Yeah. Hard to say. Steve? Um, I'll have to go with King Richard. I, I think she'd be more in tune with that than he would be in tune with directing her film. Yeah. I think... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go her as well. I think Coda is a movie that needs a certain touch, and we're gonna talk about this in a minute, or I guess several minutes, when we talk about the Best Picture race and some of the just nonsense that's going on in talking about Coda versus Power the Dog. Um, go figure, as uh, Sam Coffee says on Twitter. Go figure. It would take Coda to break the internet, but there you go. Um, I think King Richard, and this is not a slight to Ronaldo Marcus Green. Because he's a better filmmaker than I am, that's for sure. But I feel like almost any filmmaker could make a version of King Richard that works. I think the script is very easily digestible as a filmmaker. The the plot points are very in there. Now, the style and where your focus is definitely varies. And like uh, like Miles just said, I think Sean Heater, especially being a woman, might pay a little more attention to the Williams sisters in that film. Obviously, they don't mind because they're promoting the film, but... You know, the the movie could spend even more time with Will Smith. There's a lot of versions of that movie that are all about the same quality, I think, and have a very nice look. I mean, I think Robert Ellswood shot the film, so, like, it looks nice. Like, all of that, I think, would be... I think the swap of almost any filmmaker into King Richard might make the film slightly better, but not worse. I think Coda really needs a soft touch, and I don't know that I've seen that from Green. I mean, of... Of this list, I don't know that there's anyone else that I'd, I'd want to see make that movie. Maybe Spielberg. I was going to say that, Spielberg. That was my, the one that came to mind. Yeah, I don't know that it would be a small, which is what makes me very interested in The Fablemans. Like, is this really going to be his, like, kind of low-key light movie? I don't like, know. I feel like... Maybe Grand PTA. The other, maybe. <laughs> PTA, PTA, could be, PTA could, might could be interesting. PTA would, would be a little too weird. I don't think it would play as well to the Academy, oddly. I think it would play like, different, yeah. but you know, it, it yes. wouldn't be the same film for sure, but it, and, it may be an interesting film. And with Branagh, um, I think he needs that personal stake that Belfast has to, to raise the game a little bit. And and Jane Campion just couldn't be less interested in something like Coda, which is no slight on her. Like She's thinking differently, um, which I want to – we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, so, yeah, Sean Heater for me. Last one. Kenneth Branagh's The Power of the Dog or Jane Campion's Nightmare Alley? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Kenneth Branagh, I think, lacks, let's say, the subtlety to uh, make a movie like Power of the Dog work. 
That's but fair. Jane Campion's eye on the plot of Nightmare Alley, if she was into it, I actually think she could be she could make a more interesting version of that story than Del Toro did. I'm usually I a huge is... fan of Del Toro, but I think his style is almost too big for what that story was, and I feel like she would be able to find the intricacies of it to make those characters pop in a way that they kind of didn't when they got kind of swallowed up by the production design and all the sort of, you know, beauty of that film that should have been uglier. Yeah, I think the two cleanest fits are Sean Heater doing King Richard because it's kind of a plug it, a plug and play film for a director, and Jane Campion doing Nightmare Alley because you know Power of the Dog is her take on masculinity as opposed to femininity and there's something there if you wanted to play it up as like the bradley cooper character being a man of that time and what else is going on in his head and and maybe actually learning more about him um it would be an interesting fit yeah jane campion you got there yeah jane campion as well i'd be very interested in that movie yeah i I love this this was fun good job ryan no that was a really creative one i like that a lot yeah so before we get into the predictions i just want to kind of talk about the season on the whole and and how I feel like for a lot of the season, we kind of avoided the just garbage that happens, and it, it, we just sort of made up for it in the last two weeks. Like, as soon as voting started, and we needed, a, like, the film Twitter world needed a villain, they just decided it was Coda, and that's not fun. It just, I, I, I don't get that. Like, everyone hated the Harvey Weinstein, Miramax, Weinstein Company campaign method, right? You... You prop your thing up while you do as much as you can under the radar to bring down the competition. And everyone agreed that was a terrible way to go about things and no one should be doing that. And now everyone just does it on their own, in their own little, like, Twitter bubble. And I think it's awful. And, like, there were viable, like, conversations you could be having about these films and, like, their worthiness and whether they do something right or wrong. I mean, we've, we ourselves did it when we talked about Licorice Pizza. Like, you know, the, the, the... Two scenes that that a lot of people have a problem with. Um, there's a fair com- conversation to be had there about like, I think it's it's fair to assume that the intent is 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 good, but the execution maybe isn't good there, and and that's a conversation to be had. But when you look at like the general general like Coda would be the worst best picture winner ever, or the power of the dog is elitist and it means that the Academy doesn't care about people, and all these like things that are just like, it's like watching a, an election in the final couple of weeks where just everything is negative. And it, it honestly, it stops being fun. And I just, that's why you, I don't know if anyone's noticed, I don't participate in any of that. And like, I get quieter as this gets closer because I, it's just, it doesn't benefit me. I like, I, I wrote something a couple of days ago that was just like, they're both great films. I love them both. I love Belfast too. They're all three very different filmmaking different filmmaking tools, different skill sets, different points of views, views of the world, views of the cinematic world. Is one better than the other because of that? No, that's just literally the tastes. Um, you know, like when we when Miles talks about not liking a certain filmmaker, it's more a personal taste, like with um with Lynch for you or to a different extent Kevin Smith. Like it's it's less a good or bad as much as like I this doesn't vibe with me. I'm not the audience. I'm not it's bouncing off me. And that's exactly. Not a, it's not a value judgment. It's a like for me, it's a pass. And the like the, the that people need it to be a value judgment is irksome, I suppose. And like maybe this is just me getting older and like crabbier. I just want like shit to get along. Like 
how much better how's it being crabbier you're actually being you know it's like a nicer side just to be like hey we can all get along we can like our own things like how much better would the discourse be if it was we the assuming belfast is not gonna win and like who knows there i have a theory i want to run past you guys a little bit but if it's truly coder the power of the dog either way we're gonna have our first film distributed by a streamer which is noteworthy it's going to be a film directed by a woman, which is noteworthy. It's going to be a film written by a woman, which is noteworthy. It's going to have, in Coda's sense, a, a female lead, which is rare. In Power the Dog sense, it's going to have homosexual themes, which is Moonlight did it, but like notoriously Brokeback Mountain didn't. Like there was, there are so many things that are noteworthy about whichever film wins. And in a bubble, shouldn't it just be about like two very different types of filmmaking going up against each other? is really hard to compare them. Like, that's the thing that bugs me the most, is listening to people say that one's better than the other because of, like, taste, essentially. Like, Power of the Dog is is artistic cinema that is challenging a little bit and, like, makes you work for its affection. And Coda is, is the puppy that really wants you to, to pet it. And, like, they're both wildly valid ways of making a film, and both both ways have resulted in some of the greatest films of all time. Not saying either of these are, but it's just wild that that's not the conversation. And wouldn't that be a much better world to be like, I wonder if the Academy is going to go for the the head or the heart. And we used to know which way they go. And recently they've gone in a different direction, but maybe they're t- turning back. Like, that's a way more interesting discourse than the like, you know, are they are they liberal snobs or do they have no taste? Like, I just I don't care about that. No, I'm right there with you. Some of the stuff I've been seeing on film Twitter in particular is like, that's the reason I like quit Twitter for like almost a decade before getting back on reluctantly after starting to work here. Like it's, yeah, thanks for that. No, but it's, you know what I mean though? It's like that toxic sort of film critiques where it becomes, everything has to be boiled down to you know, sports analogies, it's my, it's mine versus theirs. It's, yeah. you know, if, if it's not the one I want it to be, it's the worst thing that's ever been well, made. That's, that's and everything has to be so extreme. And it's, it's just, what we were talking about with, um, with licorice pizza. Like you can hate the John Michael Higgins character and think it's easy. If you excise that, those two scenes, the movie's better, but still like the movie, just like you can hate the movie and, and have that opinion. They're not exclusive, but this idea of, if something's not perfect, it's wrong. Or if something isn't exactly what you want, it's wrong. Well, that's what it is. It's not perfect. It's what it's not what you want. It's it's very much like the political system right now, and the and the divide there. Everyone wants to be on the winning side, and I think I've what I've seen is a lot of people and people I, I respected or maybe still respect, but I'm like, what? Where? Who are you right now? I'm watching them put these po- these posts out there. I'm like, you're looking for likes. You're looking for attention, and it's pretty disgusting. I'm like, I used, to, I, I don't know, I loved the the Oscars since I was, a, since I was a very small child. This is the first year, and it's not because of the films; it's because of the people who are out there on it's film Twitter, ninety nine percent. I I almost feel like I don't care. Like I'll see who wins in the morning because I don't want to see the reactions. I'm not I'm not excited to see people cheer people. Uh, it's not going to be. Hooray! Someone won. It's going to be let's tear it down. Let's you know. Let's uh, um, persecute it. You know. It's it's not going to be celebrate a winner. It's going to be destroy a loser. It's it's disgusting. I, I can't stand it. Like it's not why I watch film. It's not why I talk about film, write about film, and anything else I do. 
all the things I do is because I love it. And to watch people sit there and just try to, like, you know, as, you know, kind of character assassinate a film is just like it's repulsive. And the people who do and it, to, to look in the mirror and and get over yourselves. You're not that important. It's Twitter, by the way. Yeah, and 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 and, and to not do the other the devil's advocate side of it or anything. But yeah, I mean, I get that that's the way to increase your profile, and there's money to be made that way. I'm sure, you know, if I, I'm sure as a social experiment, like if I spent a season throwing bombs, the ad revenue would probably be higher because there'd be more clicks. There'd be more people on the site. Like that, that is how people get there. But it's just, it's not, I don't feel good with that. And, and also when it comes to these movies, like with very few exceptions, the movies and the performances, nothing that gets this far is bad. There are things you like more or less. You can not like a particular style. You know, I, like, I was not blown away by Renee Zellweger and Judy. Some people thought it was the best thing ever. For me, like, that type of, of performance is, is not as interesting. It just doesn't hit me in the same way. I think, like, maybe the only exception recently being the two Jared Leto close calls, because that's just a such an odd style of acting to be embraced by the Academy, but that maybe is just a, a segment of uh, precursor voters. But But even then, like, you know... We, we, we are we are somewhat joking when we, we take the piss out of that, but like most things that ninety nine percent of the things that get nominated are at the very least good, if not mm-hmm. very good to great. And if they're not, it's usually something that just didn't do it for you. Like I almost I'm I'm trying to think of the last movie nominated for Best Picture that I hated. I'm gonna look it up while you guys talk. Like it's just because I don't think it ever happens. And I hate plenty of movies. I see more movies than anyone. Like if there's a bad movie, I've seen it. But most things nominated for Best Picture are not bad. Most performances nominated for Best Pic- for Best Actor, Best Actress, are not bad. You may not like it, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And I, I just like, I, I hate it. Like, opinions are like assholes, and it seems like by and large people want to be them too, and it just annoys me. All right, so, I'm done with my complaints. Right. While you look it up, I, I want to say one more thing. The same people who are big bold tweets. If they met the filmmakers or anybody involved with the film face to face, they'd be kissing their asses, and that's what I hate I've about seen it. it happen. Yeah, don't go. If you don't like a film, then don't go out there and, and put a big smile on your face and get your nose out and ready to get some brown on it. It's bullshit. I can't stand it. I I, I purposely don't write about. I write about you know mostly about things I enjoy because I I don't like being the guy. I I, I do write about films I don't like. You know you have to in your review, but. I don't go out there and put on a, a false front. At the same time, um, when I get an opportunity to praise something and to talk to somebody who did something that I'm really uh, excited about, whose work I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just enthusiastic about what they've done, I love it because you get to have an, an open and honest conversation. Um, I can't stand the idea of you know the two-sidedness of it, the hypocritical. Because tomorrow, guess what? The same people who hate Coda. If uh, any one of the cast or a hater was in the room with them, they would be smiling and shaking hands and hanging out and trying to, you know, it's bullshit. I can't stand it. So. Totally. Since yeah. 2010, all right, and I'll work from more recently, these are the films that I think, like, I had negative feelings for, or it was like my 10 or 5, or whatever year we're going in, in terms of the lineup, all right? Just to give you an idea, Joker. Joker's a well-made film. Joaquin Phoenix is very good in the film. Like, it's undeniably effective in what it does. I just felt dirty watching it. It didn't do it for me. Wait, while you... Well, I'm sorry, real quick. While you do this, uh, uh, Miles, let's give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, 
Do you like it? Do you uh, dislike oh, yeah. it? Not you. Know, so I, I give it a thumbs up. I actually like the film. Yeah, like I, it's the epitome of like I think when I reviewed it, it's maybe the first film I ever gave two and a half stars to, but a thumbs up. Because I was like, if it's a value judgment of go see it or don't, yes. But am I recommending it? No, because I like I needed a shower and I took a long walk after it because it just made me feel bad. But that doesn't mean it's not good. Well, actually, yeah, my, really quick, my take on Joker that actually speaks toward the larger point that we're making here. Um, I didn't particularly like it. I think Joaquin Phoenix does a very good job essentially rehashing his much better performance in The Master. Totally. But, and, but otherwise, the movie just didn't do anything for me, even though it was something I was very much looking forward to. But what's interesting about that movie is I don't like it, but I've never once told anyone who hasn't seen it that they should not watch it. No, totally. If anything, it's the opposite. It's like, yeah, take a watch it. It's weird. Well, I've actually never told anyone to to watch it because I'm like, it's so dark and disturbing and kind of broken that I can't recommend it because people would say, what the F is wrong with you? Like, you know, proceed with caution, but I'm not going to recommend it to somebody. Sorry, Grandma. Totally. Well, because it's Um, so – so I saw it – we actually saw it on my birthday weekend the year it came out and we had a whole I had a big group of people that we had all gotten together and we all saw it together and there must have been like eight of us and literally after the movie it was literally split down the middle like half of the group absolutely loved it half of the group kind of hated it so it's not a film that you can make a sort of one size fits all judgment on everybody's going to have their own take on it and that's Mm -hmm. and it's not meant to like the next film we're going to talk about is kind of meant to be a one size fits all thing and is worse for it, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. And some of that, a lot of that movie is just oddly filmed and, and poorly edited. Like, that's a, that's a value judgment because you can tell that the editing is not good despite the Oscar that it gets. Now, like, the performances are fine. Like, the general nature of the film is fine. It's, it's one that, like, I don't think is particularly great, but also is completely harmless. And, like, is not by what you would define a bad film a bad film. It's a very, like, run-of-the-mill lazy film that just kind of rode yes. the Oscar wave. And if it didn't, if it had come out in February and been, like, respect this year, it would have been, like, it would have got similar reviews and would have kind of just done what it had done and, and, and been its own thing. It's because it made almost a billion dollars. Because that's the thing, if you, if you remember. It made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. um, it made like 216 million crazy? in America or something like that. Like it was a massive success. And Pre-COVID. that's where the hate comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that prior to that it's like okay, it's fine. Like the movie's all right. And then it's only because it becomes popular that it becomes easier to shit on. There's plenty of things to not like about that movie and in fact thumbs probably down. But to to Say anything about what the people who hate Coda have said about Bohemian Rhapsody wouldn't make sense. And Coda's a way better film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, I think with that one... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Miles. Uh, well, with that one, it was interesting because I didn't see it until after it had kind of hit both sides of the spectrum. Like, initially people liked it, and then there was the backlash to it. I saw it with the backlash in mind, so I was yeah. kind of expecting to hate it. And so by those standards... I thought it was kind of fine, like inoffensive. Yeah, I, totally. I think that's you're exactly right. It's a movie that people hate more because it found so much success, yeah. whereas n- literally nobody would be talking about it right now if it just kind of came and went in which like, is the, the beginning of the year. Thing which is, is the, the hate. Exact, 
the hate comes from Twitter. The average person, the average viewer, I sat in the room with two people, my wife and my mother-in-law, who both loved it. And I was like, eh, it was all right. I enjoyed the concert scenes. I enjoyed the music. But overall, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of his performance. I thought it was too much, uh, too much fake teeth and not, a much, not enough performance. But I, I saw online, like on, on Facebook and stuff, people saying you have to go see it and everyone agreeing with it. So it, I think it's more of a, a Oscar awards, you know, totally. type hate, but not the, not the average, you know, average yeah, viewer. Yeah. We don't we don't need to rehash the next one, but like Green Book, Green Book oh, is yeah. hated. It, it there's certainly it fumbles its its feel good like you know it's meant to be harmless. Does it do a great job of of depicting solving racism by virtue of eating a pizza? No, but it's not meant to be a racist film it's meant to be harmless and the fact that it became a best picture winner was was the worst thing that happened to it because mm-hmm. it was a perfectly fine dad movie that like in a in a different era plays on like tnt yeah. twice a week until the <laughs> exactly. end of time yeah and you would and it would slowly win you over because you'd be like oh i kind of like this scene and you'd watch it for 20 minutes and then you move on with your life and like it doesn't mean it's a particularly great movie it's a totally fine movie to Floyd. It's a crowd pleaser. But the fact that it pleased a different crowd than the internet, mm-hmm. it became bad. And I think a similar one was Darkest Hour. Like, Darkest Hour is largely liked. I don't love it. But, again, if it doesn't hit at Telluride, if it doesn't become a runaway best actor player, it's easier to be like, alright, it, it wasn't, like, my favorite thing, but it's fine. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. most people love Call Me By Your Name. I don't love Call Me By Your Name. I admire a lot of it. But it doesn't, like, make me swoon in the way. You know, Amour was another way. It just bumped up against me. Um, Life of Pi. It just bumped up against me. Notoriously the Tree of Life. Like, some people's, like, favorite film. It just... I, I shrugged when it was over. And that's that's fine. You know, even to sort of wrap this one up, two movies that I, I consider close to bad. Hacksaw Ridge and Les Mis. They both have things that are good about them. They're not, like, fully bad movies. You know, you watch, like, what was the, like, delayed for 10 years? Was it Chaos Walking? Oh, God, yeah. Like, that's a bad movie because it's just, it's broken. Like, it wasn't well made. Like, the Tom and Jerry reboot last year or two years ago, whatever the hell that was, Times the Flat Circle, is bad because it's just not really trying to be good. It's it's checking a box. Like, Les Mis and Hacksaw Ridge are kind of big swings. And, like, I think Andrew Garfield's huge swing is a real swing and a miss. But I would never, like hate him for it like i would never like vocalize what a terrible act you are like this is not i don't think this is a good performance i'm not an expert i mean i guess i sort of you know what i mean like it's not it's not meant to be a a catch-all you know i think like as much as that movie has plenty of things to dislike about it the war scenes are very well done like there's nothing the the editing the sound like all that's good you i i don't like that it won oscars for it but like they're competently done les mis has some good performances like all these movies and and yet people, you know, are are hating on like the most harmless of films. It just it pisses me off. This is this is the lead up to talking about the films that are about to get hated on because they're going to win awards. So this is where we're at in, in our lives. Any yeah. final thoughts from you guys before we get into predictions as a palate cleanser? Yeah, I just film is subjective, and I think if nothing else, it's been stated before, but it bears repeating. 
Twitter is perhaps the single worst medium yes. to use for film analysis. Yes. The, the character limit and people try and bypass it by doing threads and stuff, but it's still, you're forced to package your thoughts about a very sophisticated piece of art into this very bite-sized format. And it just, it lends itself to the most extreme opinions. And as a result, if you even kind of agree with this sometimes radically extreme opinion, it ends up getting a lot more volume and it ends up getting a lot more coverage because it reduces it to the simplest element. But film is a much more complex art form than that. There's so much more that goes into a film and so much that... You know, there are films that'll go over our heads that for other people, it's like the most important film they've ever seen in their life. It touches them totally. in a way that the three of us could never hope to understand. And, and vice versa. Either things we love that people don't get or things that are that are that are lower art and you might well, fall in love with it and it means the world to you. And that doesn't mean that it's garbage because it means something to you. That's great. Thing is, I think that's why Coda is getting you know having the surge and and getting the appreciation because i think it touches upon so many different you know the the father daughter relationship the family relationship the you know the fact you know this is a a a deaf family you know and their uh chemistry but also they're not their their chemistry but they're i guess they're uh, let's say chemistry, their chemistry with the world around them and, you know, and the challenges they have and the music of it. And there's so much about it that, you go, know, oh, I kind of relate to that or understand that or, you know, it, it, that choked me up. It's very easy to consume. Is that a bad thing? I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. It shows that we have a, there's a connection between humanity well, and people. Yeah, there's different metrics. Yeah, but that, but it doesn't have to be an important film every single no. time. Let's get over that. And that's where... Well, that's where the idea of, like, how can you compare Sean Heater to Jane Campion? Like, it's not. It's not particularly no. a comparison. You can do your job well, and it doesn't matter what your job is. Like, are you a better director because you made a hard film than because you made a, a comedy that worked? I'm not talking about these two films. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. in general. Like, because your job is more important or your job is harder, it doesn't mean that you're better at it. You know, like, is... Like is a is your garden variety like not corrupt, just completely competent at their job, city employee, police officer, fireman, whatever. Are they worse at their job because their job is seen as less important than, you know, your your mm-hmm. your CEO of a bank? Not corrupt again, just like like they're doing different things. They're 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 completely different metrics, like. You, it's. I don't know. I, 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 just. I hate the idea that because one thing seems more important, it is. That's 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 where you get into like the haves and the have-nots of like life. And yeah. I, I don't. You know, I don't particularly agree with that either. But that's another story. Yeah. All right, let's talk about predictions. Um, what, are we, what are we? What are we predicting? We still love uh, all categories. Oh, movies. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know the nice. Oscars, the thing on Sunday? Oh, Oscars. Yeah. Oh, cool. Can't wait. What's All that? Right, you're with us. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Um, we're going to do the shorts first, which I know is what everyone cares the most about. Right. Um, though here's the trick. This is how you win or lose your Oscar pool if you participate in one. Because, ironically, the people who know the least about this tend to do better. Because there really isn't a good way to tell. Um, this is the most insular categories these are um the, a lot of academy members don't vote for these 
like, so I was telling Miles off air, like my theory is I would say 50% of the Academy watches all 15 nominees and votes, right? Then of the remaining 50%, I would say it's, it's not a 50, 50 split, but it's more than you probably want in both directions. Don't vote at all. They abstain or have not seen most of them and just pick one because they know a producer or they heard that someone's in it and they just sort of check a box. And that negates the ability to properly predict these. So keep that in mind. But let's start with uh, best documentary short. Um, For a uh, refresher, the nominees are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. Miles, what do you have? Um, so just as a heads up for um, uh, going forward, uh, how I've done this, instead of ranking them, I've just said what I think is going to win and then my runner-up choice. Fair enough. Um, just because once you get into three through five, it's like three yeah. might as well be five. Most um, of these, I would say with the exception of one or two categories, there really isn't a third. Exactly. Um, so I have When We Were Bullies, primarily because it's the only one of my initial predictions that actually got nominated. Um, and then as runner-up, I have three songs for Benazir. All right. Um, Steve, what about you? I have a uh, guess, because I've seen none, um, unfortunately. Fine. The Queen of Basketball. So wait, here's a question. I saw someplace where there were streaming, it said, you know, a, a ton of these shorts. Um, yeah. Is that something that's now finally coming to fruition where people can go out? Um, I think that in – and I don't know this for sure, so don't quote me. But I think instead of the traditional like you used to go watch all 15, you know, they would have the like buy a ticket and you could watch all the shorts. They might have been doing that as a streaming option. I'm not sure. And and several of them are proprietary. So like all the Netflix shorts are available. I think if some of them are HBO Max or Disney Plus or Amazon, you know, they're all – Available, So I don't know if you could, with your streaming services, watch all 15. I suspect not. But I do think that the other ones are available. I'm not sure, though. Again, I'm in a unique spot where, like, they come to me. Um, I do – so from – This is the time I catch up between yeah. now and Sunday. So the, um, the general consensus – and again, this is completely arbitrary to some degree and also could be wrong – is that it's between Audible and the Queen of Basketball. And I have Audible at the moment. I may well switch to the Queen of Basketball. I don't know yet. Um, But those are the two. And I would be kind of surprised if it's not one of the others just because I haven't heard anything about the others in terms of what people are interested in. It doesn't mean I'm I'm right. Um, And in fact, let me consult one thing real quick. One of the Oscar ballots that I have, they voted for... They actually voted for when we were bullies. Aha. So there you go. There you go. Now, this is not someone who I think represents the general consensus Oscar voter, especially in that category, but in other categories, definitely does. So keep that in mind. Um, live action short. The nominees are Alakachu Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye. On my mind, and please hold. Miles? Uh, I've got the long goodbye. Steve? 
I'll go with the dress. Mm. Um, I think the dress has an outside chance. I kind of think it's between please hold and the long goodbye, and I I have the long goodbye at one right now just because I think it's the one that most people are aware of, and they know that Riz Ahmed is in it, and he um, produced it and would actually, I believe, be an Oscar winner if it won. So that little bit might be enough to put it over the, the edge. But, like, again, hard to say. There's no um, real easy, like, metric for that. That that is the reason I have it as um, as winning. Although I do have please hold as my runner up, so I agree yes. it's between the two. Um, I think the one of my voters voted for please hold. But um, the other thing to keep in mind is like the passive voter. I think easily votes for long goodbye. I think the more people who pay attention maybe don't because I know the general consensus is like it doesn't maybe stick the landing as much as like Riz being good in it. So there's a possibility that there's a real big split in like the type of voter who votes for it. So we will see. I just know um, that every are, year I get these all wrong. I, so I, yeah, I usually do too. It was either last year or the year before there was one year where I got all three and I was very excited. Um, but I usually look at it as long as you get one out of three, that's good. It's not, it's, it's just, it cripples you in terms of competing with anyone to miss all three. But it, unless you have, a good bit of information. It's it's very hard to get all three, especially the last couple of years where you just haven't heard anything. And like we, you know, in years past, you know, the Pixar one would play before the Pixar movie and you get a sense of how that one played and you'd know like, okay, maybe that one's not winning, but I like, you know, you could, you could start to work backward. And without that, it's, it's just, it's, it's almost impossible. Um, animated short. The nominees are, Affairs of the Art, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. And I've seen, I think, literally all four of these five predicted to win. So, good luck. Miles? I have Affairs of the Art, because that's the one I keep hearing about. There you go. Steve? I have Robin Robin, because it sounds That's nice. my runner-up. <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, I have Robin Robin. I think it's the one that was most seen, and it's also the most pleasant of the group. And uh, I have a hunch that perhaps in some of these categories, the one that doesn't make you slit your wrist will do better. Um, but yeah, Affairs of the Art, Windshield Wiper, they all have possibilities. I think uh, Box Ballet and Bestier are the least likely, but again, who the hell knows? And the funny part is Box Ballet two weeks ago was my number one. So again, who the hell knows? All right. Let's get into some of the easier categories before we go on to the big ones. Documentary feature. The nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, and Writing with Fire. Miles? I've got Summer of Soul. I also have Summer of Soul. As do I. I think there is an outside chance that Flea wins because there there is a... That's my runner-up, yeah. I will say that Attica has been doing a lot of campaigning and has been sort of, I think, the most seen of the group in terms of, like, what did people finally get around to? You know, I think that was one that has, uh, I think Summer, Soul, and Flea were the most seen by far. I think Attica's closed the gap a little bit. I don't think it's enough to win. But it was noteworthy that there was some campaigning and events going on towards the end. Um, But yeah, if Flea's going to win something... I think this is the spot. 
just because Summer of Soul, while, while good, doesn't necessarily feel like a must reward, I think. In a way that I, I, I think if Lee won, you could you could sense the maybe the passion. I, I'm not ready to make that like no guts, no glory, but I would just say watch out for that. I, I might be wrong, but I think for several of the last few year, few years, um, something snuck up. You know, it was like the last um, last minute push that seemed to win rather than the the one that everyone had expected all along. Um, we will we will talk about that in other categories as well. That. Yeah. What happens yeah. in the last uh, week or two is is massively important. I saw Attica a lot getting pushed. Yes, I moved that up my list to two because of that. I think it, I think it can't be lower than three. Um, kind of academic, but yeah. Uh, all right, international feature, probably the biggest slam dunk of the night. Nominees are Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God. Lunana, a yak in the classroom, and the worst person in the world. Miles? Uh, yeah, I mean, Drive My Car got nominated for Best Picture, so it would be outrageous if it didn't win this category. There you go. And See? director, right? Yeah. And director and, yeah. Screenplay. and screenplay. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I'm going Drive My Car. Oh, yeah. Much as I would love the worst person in the world to pull the upset, it's Drive My Car. This is, this is put it in, in ink. Original song. The nominees are from Belfast, Down to Joy, not being performed at the Oscars because I guess Van Morrison is not getting uh, COVID tested. Uh, whatever's going on there. But didn't they? I thought they weren't yes, requiring that. Their initial, I think it was maybe vaccinations. Or I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't want to go so he doesn't have to get the label. I don't know. It seems oddly convenient. Also, he's not mm. going to win, so it doesn't matter. Um, from Encanto, Dos Orgitas, which is funny because if you watch any advertisement at the Oscars, you would think we don't talk about Bruno is what is nominated. Also, would be what would win, I think. But go figure. If it were, if it were nominated, it would be a very different category. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. It's actually going to be performed, which is awful. Yeah. Um, I, I saw forget who it was was it maybe someone from the mitchells versus the machines i don't remember what who it was but basically saying like wait are you advertising like academy and abc are you advertising one of the films and not the others like what are you doing like well voting is going on like it'd be one thing if like to so we're recording this on tuesday night two hours after the the polls closed so like if now that advertisement happened who cares but like well voting is going on that's that's questionable um, from Four Good Days, Somehow You Do, the latest Diane Warren song not to win. From King Richard, Be Alive, which puts uh, Beyonce on the stage. And from No Time to Die, No Time to Die, does, uh, um, I'm an old man, I'm spacing on her name. Uh, what's her Billie name? Eilish. Billie Eilish. There we go. God, I'm an old man. Billie Eilish. All right, Miles, where are you? Um, I mean, they've rewarded the last two Bond songs and... Consensus says that it'll be no time to die. Steve? I'm picking no time to die. This is my least favorite category, I believe. For Encanto, Surface Pressure is a much, much better song. Even better than uh, than Bruno, but I don't understand this category. Every year it surprises me. So no time yeah. to die. I think, uh, so I'm on no time to die as well. I think King Rich has an outside chance. Um, I think Encanto has an outside chance. It is weird. Yeah. 
what yeah. didn't get nominated be, just because so many exactly. interesting options. Like, you know, don't look up what it would have had a really cool nomination and maybe could have could have done something with that. And then there's just the weird parts of like, yeah, sure, Four Good Days, everyone likes Diane Warren, not enough to give her an Oscar. Um, and what was probably number six, if it wasn't Don't Look Up, it was the song from Coda that no one remembers. Just because it would have been like, think about how different the race would have been if Coda would have had that that extra nomination. Yeah. Um, well, same with the Don't Look yeah. Up. If that was up there yeah. and, and that that song was out there being played for you know for that purpose, I think it would have made people reflect on it a little bit more. But like I said, not a yeah. huge fan of these nominations. Totally. Here, our first real toss up of the of the night: original score. The nominees are Don't Look Up. Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. Is This is, by all metrics, a race between Johnny Greenwood and Hans Zimmer. Um, does anyone have something different? Or uh, where are we? No, it's it's between the two. I'm, I'm going with Dune. I'm expecting Dune to have a very good below-the-line night. Um... <sighs> But it is between the two, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Steve? This is one of these categories that I'm going to take until Friday to finalize. So I have Dune at one right now. I think it could be Power of the Dog because they are doing some interesting events for it. uh, Last week when I was in uh, California, I was at uh, a screening of the film where they performed the score live. You know, in like the cinema pit style. And that was pretty cool. And like that, that does make a difference. And apparently, when I was talking to some people about it, there's a surprising amount of people who saw it for the first time that night in the midst of Oscar voting. Interesting. That's fascinating. And I want to talk about that when we get to CODA later on for a different reason. Um, So the other thing about this is, as I've long said, with your nominations and also with your winner's picks, you try to tell a story usually. If you just kind of willy-nilly pick things... Maybe you'll be right, maybe you'll be wrong, but like there's no thread to pull. There's no thread to follow. Here, there's a thread to follow. And and one of the questions throughout the night will be, there are four, maybe five categories, where Dune and Empower the Dog are just face-to-face, one, two, in whatever order you want. And do they split? Do they, does one basically sweep the other? And how does that impact things? Like when we get to different permutations of the other categories, like, is there a world where the power of the dog wins one Oscar and it's best director? It seems bizarre. You don't win one Oscar with best director. Was the last film to do that The Graduate, I think? It just doesn't happen. But at the same time, if it's going to win best picture, shouldn't it be able to beat Dune, which couldn't get a best director nomination? Like, these are the things that you just have to make a choice and and let that influence your predictions. And like I don't know if you guys did. It may be that you're you're fifty fifty on some of these, but for me, a lot of it is deciding how I want to play that. So I have Dune right now. I, I do think that if I'm gonna make a change, it might be to do Johnny Greenwood just to have another thing on the board for Power of the Dog. But it depends on how these other categories go. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. An easy one. Good. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a tough call. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Dune, but I just think there's 
This is a this is the toughest year I think. I think this is a year either it's going to be so easy we everyone overdid it or it's going to be mm-hmm. so all over the place that oh, yeah. nobody's going to nail it. Um, well, that's because there's a lot. Of, it's not this is not a year of, of like underappreciated or under um, seen films. Like last year was kind of you know it's like you wonder what would have happened if those were in theaters films and the and the yeah. uh, the audience the public. And the buzz from the public would have made a difference. It was a very different year. But this, uh, yeah, like for me, if you sit in a room, well, if you sit in a room without the film, the Dune score stands out more to me. When you're watching the film, Power of the Dog works more for me. So, well, that's that, and that's an interesting thing. You can um, the Academy members vote without the ability to just listen to the score on the site or something. You have to watch the film. Now you can go out and find the score. But how many people do that? We don't know. Um, something to think about. Here, visual effects. Let's do an easy one because I want to make sure we have time for some of the bigger ones. Nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Does anyone not have Dune? No, this is absolutely Dune's to lose, and it would be kind of shocking if anything else took it. Yeah, worst case scenario for Dune... Like everything goes wrong is taking this category in the next category we're about to talk about best sound. But I do. That's I, their, I, I, I was uh, if you if you go on awards radar, you'll find their interviews with the effects teams behind Spider-Man: No Way Home and Shang-Chi. And when you listen to the stories behind what goes into it, it's a lot of it. It's the invisible effects. Ninety-five percent, I think it was it of Spider-Man had ninety-five percent of the shots had. Uh, uh, some kind of visual effect you don't realize that and that's part of the magic so it depends what the viewers are not the viewers i'm sorry what the voters are seeing if they're seeing the behind the scenes i think that makes goes back to that that film twitter being an awful place thing because the last couple days you've seen a lot of the like oh no way home was shot on on like basically a green screen and like they couldn't just have this scene of someone standing there being a real spot and it and it like some of that's COVID, so you can't really deal with that. But also, you know, there's a Marvel aesthetic. You either like it or you don't. But, like, you may not like it, but it's still effective, you know, visual effects. To make something that, like, I don't think of it the first time I'm watching it. I don't notice any of that. Why are you watching? Huh. Why are you voting for it? Because it's the effect that made you go, wow? Or because of the masterful you know, the craftsmanship of the, of the oh. visual artist. And I think if you don't understand what goes into it, and like Shang-Chi, they had so much sunlight, they had to put up giant cranes, massive, like the largest cranes out there with the massive tarps to block the sunlight to, to make it an overcast setting. And like, yeah. that's like... That's something you don't appreciate, but if you were there and the, and the, and the amount of the, you know, the logistics involved in that, and then to go in there and add, you know, of course, there's a water scene, you know, where the water, um, where well, they get the, the key or whatever it was at that point. Um, there's all that. That's what, you know, the average viewer might say, oh, wow, you know, of course, that's the visual effects, but there's well, so much more that goes into it. The world of like production design and editing yes. and cinematography yes. and all these things. Like a big set, like a Dune, or like several of these Marvel movies, they're they're all working in concert to make this this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which 
maybe you'll factor in there our predictions as we go forward. But um, I'm assuming everyone is saying Dune for sound, but the other nominees are um, obviously Belfast, the aforementioned Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Yeah, I'm going with Dune here. Yeah, Dune as well. Ironically, I have seen some people predicting Belfast. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's just people who like the movie. Uh, I would not uh, expect it to do anything really there. But yeah, I have seen uh, two voters vote for Belfast. Hmm. That would be a a wild loss for Dune. That's one of those ones that I think you just cackle and go like, that's... I can't... Whatever. All right, you do you. Thing is, when um, I when I interviewed the editor, she did talk about working in the the memories of uh, Kenneth Branagh's uh, time in Belfast, and I'm like, that's great. But it's when you look at something as big as Dune, it's hard to ignore, you know, how much goes into well, creating that environment well, in that world. So it's like that's it's world just building. a giant behemoth gonna gonna swallow up the air. We're gonna we're gonna see um, makeup and hairstyling, probably the worst category. Costume and, and, and makeup and hairstyling are, are maybe the weakest categories this year. There's just not a whole lot to be excited about. Um, nominees here. Coming to America. Cruella. Dune. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And the sole nomination for House of Gucci. Where are we? Uh, um, so I want to be picking Dune here, but it's actually only my runner-up. I'm going with Eyes of Tammy Faye. And this will lead into that whole telling a story with your predictions thing mm-hmm. that we'll f- maybe see in a later category. Quite possibly. Steve? I want to pick Cruella, but I think that's going to be the runner-up. Um, and I think it's going to be the eyes of Chami Faye for being the most makeup. It's actually, yeah. Coming to America is the most makeup, but it, that has no love anywhere else. The eyes of Tammy Faye has, of course, uh, the, the best actress, Nam. So... But I would I'd love to see Cruella walk away with it. Yeah, I would I'm, too. I'm, That'd be fun. I'm on Tammy Faye. I have Cruella at two. I think I have Dune at three. Coming to America for Gucci's not going to happen. Like it's it's just not a super exciting category. But yeah, in telling a story, um, perhaps you might think back to Meryl Streep winning Best Actress in that film Taking Makeup, that film that I don't like that I won't just crap on because of the aforementioned conversation and why would I do such a thing. Um, Here is perhaps the hardest category of the night, film editing. Nominees here are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Keep in mind, presumed frontrunners Dune and The Power of the Dog didn't win a damn thing. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, and King Richard won the Ace Eddie. And, uh, yeah, make of this what you will. Miles? Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a factor against. That said, I am still going Power of the Dog. Um, I have not bought into the narrative that it'll end the night with only one win. I think it'll get at least one or two sort of below-the-line things, and I think this will be one of them. All right, Steve? Yeah, um, the King Richard nomination, so it reminds me of Ford versus Ferrari. It's because, mm-hmm. you know... You're, you're you're telling a story that you know, the the racing and here with the tennis. I, I'm assuming that's what it was nominated for because I don't understand what else it would be nominated nominated for. Um, um, to to win to beat Power of the Dog or Dune or Tick Tick Boom surprises me. But um, 
Yeah, I'm going Power of the Dog as well, with Dune second and Tick Tick Boom moving up from fourth to third. But mm-hmm. I-, I could see it winning. I think I think Tick Tick Boom would be the one I would enjoy winning the most because the editing in that film sort of stood out to me mm-hmm. out of the season. Yeah, same here. Go ahead, but we'll so, see. I think uh, I think the consensus five is Don't Look Up, despite it being on one of the ballots I saw. Um. So I, I do have King Richard, and I, I don't know – this is the one I'm least confident in. And so one of the reasons I think that it won the Ace Eddie, besides being all well, what Steve said, is um, Pamela Martin, the uh, the editor, is kind of known as like a fixer. Like she's the uncredited like extra editor you bring into films to like unfuck it basically. So with Ace Eddie, I think she's a little bit of like a under-the-radar rock star. Of like, oh, you fixed, like, I don't know, because you don't know. But, like, there's movies out there that are good that were terrible before they brought on a second set of eyes and it was her. So that's that's worth noting. And the film is nominated in several other places and, and arguably maybe overperformed a little bit. So who's to say? I think Dune is the, probably the competition. I think Tick, Tick, Boom has the other ace in its back pocket that helps it. Power of the Dog would make sense if it's winning Best Picture. I think if I, – I mean we'll see how you guys do it. But I, I feel weird having that at one without having it in picture. Not that that stat necessarily holds a ton of water anymore. But it is noteworthy. It is a, it is a, a, a stat. And I do wonder that if you're getting into like CODA supporters, if you're voting for CODA in picture, you're almost certainly not voting for the power of the dog in, in editing. Right. So where do you throw your vote? Yeah. And this it is seems like category. King Richard would be the more the best beneficiary there. I don't know. Um, this is the one that could easily change between now and yeah. final predictions. I am on King Richard at the moment. I'm planning on watching it again because I enjoyed the film. I just when I watched it, I didn't. I didn't think editing. Yeah. Where totally. uh, don't look up. That's the thing with don't look up. Don't look up, especially towards the end, as there you know, as things are, the fan and the shit are are uh, connecting. Um, there's some great you know. That's that's probably the strongest point of the film. Which is and, which is. I mean, if it had if it had won Ace Eddie, if it had beaten Tick Tick Boom in the comedy musical category, I probably would have predicted it here. As yeah. like, here's your way to get the film something. But it didn't. It didn't get there. Uh, I think I'm going to switch this category. Yeah, we'll see. Um, costume design nominees are Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. I mean, it, it feels like Cruella at this point. Yeah. I love this category. Yeah, I, I, I'm on Cruella here, and I think it would be a fantastic win. Yeah, it's a solid win. It's uh, it's not like the best category again. Like I said, it's one of the weaker ones. I think. Oh, I don't think but so. It's, I love it. I think I just, the costumes are fantastic. No, no, I didn't. Not not that film. Oh. I think the overall slate. Just I think it's a, a good slate. Lie. No, I, I think the I think the I think from top to bottom it's a good slate. I think you fair. get different eras. You get you know West Side Story is it. I, I I love uh, Cruella's and and Dune's fantastic as well. But the thing is with Dune that hurts it is there have been so many superhero sci-fi films you know in the last decade that you, don't you, I don't think people appreciate. Yeah, they don't, but they're not as appreciated. So Cruella that's stands fair. out for its own. West Side Story. I, I every time I watch that, like that's one of the things I see is those damn costumes. I think they're it's incredible. Also- it's also possible that I'm just still butthurt over Spencer not getting him. Yeah, I, oh, I can understand. But Cruella for me. Yeah. All right. Cinematography. Another incredibly hard category. The nominees here are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, 
The Tragedy of Macbeth and West Side Story. It seems like it's between Dune and The Power of the Dog, and they have kind of gone back and forth all season long. Um, the ASC uh, award went to Greg Frazier for Dune. Are we on, on Frazier, also benefiting perherhaps from the Batman being in theaters and being well-liked, or will Ari Wegner win and make some history? Uh, I'm on Dune. I do think the Batman being out helps immensely, um, and it just has his name sort of out there in the zeitgeist right now. I I still I don't think I'll ever understand how the tragedy in Macbeth isn't the obvious front runner for this category, but that's just personal taste. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Dune. All right, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I think there's certain film. I saw somebody praising the cinematography of a film recently on Twitter, and I was like, but that's what I didn't like last year about the winner for uh, No Bad Land. I was like. Mm-hmm. How do you take a bad shot? You shoot at the right hour at this time of night. You aim the camera towards, you know, in this general direction, and you're going to do well. And I think that's where Tragedy Macbeth, and like with Roma, Roma did the same with the black and white. I think it's easier. All right, this sounds wrong. This is wrong. I'm going to get slaughtered for this, but it, I think it's easier to put out something that's beautiful in a black and white shot. And I think, mm-hmm. but 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 it's not just the black and white. I think I think the the uh, the framing. Uh, the, the the composition of the frame uh, for Tragedy of Macbeth. Some of the stills are incredible. So I'm not discrediting that. But I think there's some films that, like West Side Story, it's not just the look of it. There's the move mm-hmm. where they take the camera from, I think it's from the hallway into the gymnasium. It goes through the dancers. I was ask, telling my daughters, we watched it and rewound it. I said, watch where this camera goes. How do you think they do this? This isn't just a guy pointing a camera. They had to with 200 plus extras had to bring this camera in, move it around and put it in impossible places. I don't know how they did it, but it's insane. So I appreciate all of them. It's what will the voters see and, and like, how do they vote? And I think Dune is the most obvious. It's fantastic, but I'm going with Dune. But I, this is like this is a category that I always want to go back and revisit every single one and just completely focus on just the cinematography because there's so much that you watch and as you know as um, you know, we, we've all seen a lot of films at this point. It's not like uh, you know, hundred years ago, so, but we're so used to these things and we we don't give them the credit that that they're due, like that shot in, in West Side Story. Um, but it's not just the lighting. It's not just the, the composition. It is also the movement of the camera through the through the frame or through the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what I'm saying exactly. I'm just saying I love it. I want to revisit them all. Uh, not one is wrong, uh, but I'm going with you. Fair enough. Um, I am. I, I was on uh, Power of the Dog. I think I'm switching the Dune. And again, it goes back to that, like, I don't know where that, if I'm not going to have power of the dog in picture, and I didn't say where I am yet, um, where else does it win? And and that's a question mark. So we'll we'll talk about some of these categories when we get to picture because it all wraps together. Um, production design. This one is also a little befuddling, though I think there's a front runner now. Um, nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Mm, they sound familiar. Uh, Miles? Yeah. Uh, I'm on Dune here again. I I think because this one is kind of tough, 
if Dune has a really good night below the line, then I think production design might be one of those where it kind of sweeps it in alongside. That said, Nightmare Alley is my runner-up, and I think if it's going to win anything, it's going to be this. But that's Agreed. not what I'm predicting. Yeah, See? yeah, that's what I have as well. I uh, yeah, I think it's a, a strong category again. This both this cinematography. This there's several very strong top to bottom categories when you when you break it down, and this is uh, another one that's it's tough to decide because you know what are they looking for? But I think Dune has the biggest is the biggest showpiece. You know, it's like yeah. it's tough to deny. I also don't remember the stat, but I think there's a production design, cinematography, visual effects stat that like winning all three is is a thing. Um, and yeah, like Nightmare Alley, if it's going to win something, would win production design. And I, I don't think I think it's kind of a two horse race. And and I think Dune has won the proper precursors as well. And maybe that was not what was expected, but uh, that's kind of where we are. And I and I'm not sure. I just I don't have a a firm choice here. I switched from Nightmare Alley to Dune a week or so ago, and I'm kind of, I think I'm just going to sit there. Um, here's one that I think is going to be interesting, because I wonder if we all three did the same thing, and maybe we're all wrong. Um, animated feature. Nominees here are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, and I'll, I'll just let you guys know ahead of time, I have switched. I, I put The Mitchells vs. the Machines back at number one. Uh, I have done the same thing. I think this really speaks to that, you know, what's happened in the past few weeks ends up being really important because they have been going just guns blazing with their uh, with their campaigning. Uh, the victory at the Annie Awards certainly helps. They've won their fair share of precursors. It's not like they're going in empty handed. Um, so while Encanto may be, I think, the presumed front runner here. I think that last sort of uh, burst of energy is going to do a lot for Mitchells. And I think I'm, I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm looking, but I feel like I see a lot more passion for it lately, especially mm-hmm. in film circles. Steve? You're killing me uh, because I just switched my vote to the Mitchells. I, I always have, uh, but I don't think it's heart. I always have that one that I go, damn it, my heart led me the wrong way instead of my brain. And, yeah. but the Mitchells versus Machines has been hitting on the right, you know, uh, hitting on the right cylinders with the, the, you know, the Annie Awards and just constant. It's all over the place. But I, even their Twitter game has been stepped up today. Uh, what's it? Uh, what's his name? Mike Rianda? Is that yep. how you pronounce it? Our, our yeah. friend Mike Rianda, yeah. Yeah. He put it, he put out a, a series of tweets explaining what he learned from uh, Lord and Miller. But in doing so, it wasn't just saying, hey, look at you guys, you're great. It, it explained, it, it, it was a sly way to expose what, how well, what, what, what the thought that went into making this film. And I was oh. like, it's impressive. And, and, and all, a lot of that stuff is forgotten. And I don't see anyone else stepping up. I, th- I thought Flea early on might have had a chance, but I really think it's kind of probably three, so, three-ish. But I think it's, I think it's a two-dog race. I think I think Flea is three. So here's the thing about Encanto. I do believe that there is a stat about when a animated film has score and song being only only having lost once or twice. So keep that in mind. But yeah, I think I think there is a there's passion about an element of Encanto. I don't know that there's passion about Encanto on the whole. Um, now there's passion about Mitchell's versus the Machines. But at the same time, like I know that's the that's what I've seen in my votes. Um, but at the same time, 
how much of that is the animated branch? How much of that is people who are inclined to like a quirkier film? You know, is that enough? Or is the general voter, general voter, um, more inclined to go in Kanto because it's kind of harmless and up, up their alley? I don't know. This is another one that I may, I may, I may have jumped too soon and may switch back, but that's kind of my my closest thing to a no guts, no glory is Mitchell's pulling the upset. We will see. All right, we're ta- here to the big eight. Adapted screenplay. Nominees are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. I will uh, I will let you guys know that I have made the switch. I have Coda number one. Interesting, Miles. Um, I think Coda's the number two, but I'm on Power of the Dog still. I I think people are underestimating how good of a night it's going to have, but I'm 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 thinking that's one where the, the love for Campion will bleed over. It's very possible. I think uh, there is a there is a world where this category is hurt a little bit for Power of the Dog just because. Um, ironically, Netflix has done a solid job with The Lost Order, keeping it in the conversation, and it, it may pull a few votes. But I don't know. Steve? Yeah, that, that film def- definitely has its love, too. So, um, And not getting a ton of categories besides this. It was this and what? Supporting? So, For, uh, yeah, well, for what? Which film are you talking about? Uh, I'm sorry, The Lost Daughter. Lost Daughter, Lost Daughter well, and is, lead. Uh, actress, supporting actress, and screenplay. Screenplay, yeah. So yeah, these two. So this may be where it picks up some votes. Um, yeah, I'm going Coda as well. I it's, this is where I start thinking, what was it like pre Twitter, pre yeah. hearing all the back and forth and the constant you know polls and all the other bullshit. Well, um, where would where where would my vote go? And I think it would have gone with the power of the dog. But right now, yeah. I'm thinking Coda. Well, Coda has the WGA win, but again. Power Dog wasn't there. So that was, if it lost, it would be more, it, it, a win didn't help it so much as a loss would have hurt it. Um, the, the, again, telling a story, I feel like if Coda is to win Best Picture, it needs to win Screenplay and Supporting Actor, which we'll talk about in a minute. But also, it won at BAFTA, and it did beat The Power of the Dog, when it wasn't nominated for Picture. Which leads to a thing that I'm going to talk about for a second here, but I want to talk about more in a minute, is that there's a theory going around that I think I, 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 I kind of buy that one of the reasons that the film didn't do as well with nominations was it was not well seen. If you guys recall, it opened in the summer. I wrote that article, like, don't underestimate Coda. It could, it could you know, sneak its way up to one or two, or, you know, two or three in picture and then watch out, which, goddamn, I think I was right. But none of the things that happened to make it that way were correct, so don't give me much credit at all. Um... But it, it, it didn't it didn't catch on, if you remember. There wasn't a ton of marketing. It just kind of appeared on Apple. And like if you put on Apple TV, you heard about it and you got a trailer, but it just kind of sat there. And the people who loved it, who saw it at Sundance or knew about it, got it. It's three nominations. But in the past couple of weeks, especially while voting was going on and it was starting to, to get momentum, a lot of people saw it for the first time. And don't underestimate a movie feeling fresh. You know, look at all the things that happen on Twitter because people are bored. I mean, the Academy is not the same way, but the general Academy voter has been aware of the power of the dog for a long time. They were aware of Belfast since Telluride. You know, these things are 
are not in a bubble. Whereas Coda may have slipped below their radar. And when it got in, it was, oh, that little Sundance movie got nominated. Oh, good for it. And then when it finally came time to put it on, it played as a movie that maybe they didn't know anything about or they weren't expecting. And that is that has been a boon to it. So I think that um, it's cresting at the right time. So I wonder if screenplay will happen irregardless of picture just because it's become a like a a popular thing. We'll see. Um, original screenplay is another toss-up. So, two-horse race, probably, but we'll see. Nominees here are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Keep in mind, the WGA was uh, surprisingly won by Don't Look Up. Um, again, Belfast wasn't nominated there, so Licorice Pizza losing hurt it more so than it winning. So, I had Licorice Pizza thinking that this was just maybe the best time to give PTA an Oscar. And also, I don't know how much this matters, but the sort of BAFTA thing, where BAFTA was a super spreader event, and uh, Kenneth Branagh is one of the people who came down with COVID and is hoping to be able to come to the show, but maybe can't, that while while voting is going on, some of the more surface-level voters might go, well, if they're not going to be there, I'm not going to reward them. I don't think that matters enough. But I do think the licorice pizza loss at WGA is enough to make me think Belfast is going to take this now, and I'll probably be switching. Miles? Uh, yeah, Belfast is my close number two, and I could definitely see it going that way, especially since it's increasingly looking like that might be the only thing it would win. But at the same time, Licorice Pizza kind of has that same narrative. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I'm on Licorice Pizza still. I I, I get the vi- same vibe from it that I did from Black Klansman, where it's sort of a, it only gets the screenplay win, but it is a win for sort of a longstanding director who's been nominated yeah. a bunch of times, but hasn't quite clicked before. Could be. Watch, it goes to Don't Look Up. I listen. It's not outside the realm of possibility. That's. I mean, the that would be that would be your further evidence that the Academy likes Adam McKay. Get used to it, and like you just deal with that. Steve, uh, I have Belfast, but I have the, those those three in the mix. Don't look up yeah, and Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza has gone from one to two to three, back to one. It's it's uh, it's yeah. a tough call. You know, who knows what they're voting for? And like you said, if it's going to be a one and done for Licorice Pizza, well, this is going to be where it, where it happens. So yeah. Um, let's do the sporting categories kind of quick because I want to save time for picture and these are pretty easy. Sporting actress nominees are Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. That's that's the winner. Like, does anyone disagree? Like, to the point where I had to really struggle to think what my number two was. So the it way I came down... it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> the way I came down was Judy Dench, five, Jesse yep. Buckley, four, Anjanou Ellis, three, Kirsten Dunst, two. And it doesn't really matter. Like, no, I no have... disrespect to them. It just, I, I had Buckley such... as my two uh, because, like, I couldn't like, find a, a reason yeah. to put any above, so I just picked my favorite. It's actually so done and dusted that I would be shocked by none of these. Like, it, it, like we'll never see the results, but it's such a clear-cut number one that anyone could be number two because the votes are so scattered besides that. And, and, I'm, and this is not me, like, being thrilled. Like, I, she wouldn't personally, like, Ariana DeBose is not my vote. But I am not stupid. Like, this is, aside from drive my car, the easiest call of the night. Yeah. And, and like, Dune and visual effects. Like, this is, yeah. this is, this is happening. Well, um, I, I have Judy Dench. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, give it a shot. <laughs> Try it. No. DeBose, of course. Yeah. Supporting um, actor. Um, the nominees are Kieran Hines, Belfast. 
Troy Kotsar, Coda. Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. Um, it's, this is a good example. We spent how many weeks talking about it? Well, I guess Cody's going to win, but it seems like such a weird win, and I'm just waiting for a turn to happen, and, and it happened. Um, I'm pretty sure Troy's winning this Oscar. Yep, I'm right there with you. I even remember when, uh, whenever we recorded right after the nominations came out, being like, oh, well, Cody's the front runner right now, surely. Yeah. And he'd been doing really well with the precursors. But man alive, if Troy hasn't just like dominated over the past two months. Which like, also helps I, that his speeches are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's just, it's such a good narrative. It's He's kind of having the supporting actor narrative that I was expecting Kieran Hines to have all season and it just never panned out for him. Or, but yeah, um, I think possibly um in a different world last year with Paul Racy. Well yeah, exactly. One, if anything, it might be residual goodwill from Paul Racy that gives him like not a significant boost. He but also just I doesn't have back a, of people's it minds. just isn't a Daniel Kaluuya. Where it was sure. like, okay, as soon as we confirm that was good and a supporting player, okay, we got it. You know? Well and also been, I think I think there's something to be said for because Coda is like neck and neck to take picture. But if it doesn't work out, it's still got this one in the bag, I think. I think how this started was, okay, we can get Coda something. Oh, maybe we can get it more. Um, Steve, I assume you're on Troy, right? I'm on Troy as well. Okay. Um, Quickly, we'll do actor because the other three are interesting. Um, So nominees here. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, the power of the dog. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. It's it's Will Smith. Like, there never was a turn. Like, it's him. I mean, unless there's a shock, and I think if there is, it's Garfield. Yeah, that's that's what I have is too. Yeah. Yeah, I have the exact same. I could see that happening um, because it's such a lock. But it's, yeah. it's going to be hard. Will Smith's been around no. too long and... Seems He's cute. given like solid speeches, like he is. It, it, everything fits, and they love to give it to a movie star in the scenario. It's all lined up, and they're just. I think Cumberbatch and Garfield kind of canceled each other out, and there really wasn't a fun first timer. You know, it ended up being Bardem and Washington as opposed to, you know, Dinklage, Simon Rex. You know, throw in whoever else would have been a first timer, or even the Nicolas Cage of it all. Like I think, I think we didn't have that other alternative. There wasn't a clear cut like. What about this? And it's just, this is the way it's gone. Um, I'm going to save actress for a second because actress and picture are the fun ones. Director quickly. Um, nominees are Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog. Raisuki Hamaguchi, Drive My Car. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. It's Campion. Like, this is another, it's cam- like... It's definitely Campion. Yeah. And, and this is where we get into, like, how weird is it going to be if that's the only thing that happens? You know? Um, but I can totally see oh, yeah, that. No, wait, there's a, there's a world and, and in an odd way, it almost fits because the film is so director forward, but at the same time you, you, you go like, how did they, how would that have happened? So we're going to say is for, for every you and me, there's a miles who said, I appreciate it, but I, I walked out not, I'm, I'm correct on this, right? Miles that you didn't have the same love. Oh yeah. It's, it's a film I admire and respect, but not one I enjoyed in any way. Exactly. So, so where does the vote land on that? You have nine other options. So it's like you are you are my girlfriend. She has now seen it twice. She watched it once 
over Christmas alone while recovering from COVID and didn't care for it in the slightest. I believe basically when I called her to find out, she was like, I don't get it. And it made me sad. And well, I think I like it a bit more than that. But. Well, I also, you know, she's, and this is not an uncommon thing. I think if the first um, line of the movie doesn't, it goes over your head, which I think for most people it does the first time it plays differently. When you know, when you watch the second time and you know that it frames the whole movie. So she was with me when I went to that, that live performance and, Oh, she didn't change her mind. She's not like, I love the movie now, but she's like, I get it. It's just not my type of movie. And I think that's interesting for the Oscar voter because you have the competition being, you know, two movies that are the epitome of if that's not your movie, these are. And that makes for an interesting race when we talk about picture in a moment. But we have actress, which boy, has that been a roller coaster of a season? Uh, The nominees are for best actress. Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. Where are we? Because I am on Jessica Chastain. See, I see a four-way race. I see one. Well, then again, I'm probably I, wrong there I as see well. A four, I see a four-way. Who's your I five? think it could go to any of them. My, my <laughs> yeah, five, it could. Because there is a four-way My five, way five is my Nicole mind. Kidman right exactly. now. Same, I don't same know here. how that happened. Yep, same same. My five is Kidman. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm on I'm on Chastain. You know, I, I never in a million years thought we'd be at this point because she's been securely there all season, but nobody was talking about her winning until the last few months, and suddenly it's become this... An, like, she's got as good a shot as any. I totally buy into the whole, like, actress and makeup sort of tag team. In my heart, it'll always be Kristen Stewart. But Same. in terms of what am I betting on, it has to be Chastain right now. Totally. Which, by the way, um, I, I, I pull. So for these things, when I talk about an Oscar voter, I'm pulling up one of them. I'm not using the same one, per se. So just keep that in mind. Um, their vote is for Nicole Kidman. Just keep that oh, in mind. Of course. <laughs> but... <laughs> Here's the thing. I think Kidman is five. I think however you want to place them elsewhere is totally fair. I have Coleman at four only because I think, well, if you win twice, you tend to win quickly. I just, there hasn't been any win that signifies that that's going to happen. And she's lost at places she's been nominated, Um, which is why for the longest time now since nominations, I've had Penelope Cruz at two because she just can't lose anywhere. But at the same time, I, don't, I think most of her momentum was to get herself nominated as opposed exactly. to the way, which means I think Kristen Stewart is kind of back to two because I think that like that once the film underperformed and once she missed with these things and it became a, like, OK, just get her nominated. There was a sort of breath of everyone got to take a breath. And now with the chaos of the race. I think especially once Jessica Chastain started winning things and it became clear that that's where a lot of the votes are going to go, I think you needed to kind of coalesce with it too. I don't think anyone has enough to make it a chance for an upset. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think that if there's one person, it's probably Stewart. Just because she she is a she has not won, which is the other option. And this is her first nomination. And it's, it's you know, it, it, everything about it like we had talked about previously, should fit. And, like, the same counts for Chastain, but if you're lukewarm on the movie, chances are you probably like Spencer better. 
And if it's now a binary choice, maybe that benefits. I don't know. I, I think Chastain has come has peaked at the perfect time, and it's just they're going to give her her Oscar. And nobody can be upset about Jessica Chastain having an Oscar. But, you know, we can all kind of agree, like, this is another example of, like, uh, you waited too long, and now you, you had to give it to her for, like, a good performance in a movie that we don't need to be an Oscar-winning film. See, my feeling is is that Chastain's performance is not people aren't loving it they weren't loving it all season long it was just kind of floating around like the six through four spot and then it like started winning and i'm like right at the time though they underestimate being six through four well that's the thing but also i think that voters now can say wait let's correct this because we didn't love that i would rather give it to i think my two are coleman definitely that coleman or stewart are the two that I think could could I wouldn't be surprised. I think Cruz and sure. Kidman would be surprises. I think it's going to go to Chastain, but I would I really I think the one that even though I have her at three, the one I think could sneak in there is is Coleman because people do love that performance and people appreciate that film and it doesn't have a lot of nominations. So you know this is where you spread that love. Where Spencer was kind of had a split with the audience is did you like the film at all? Uh, you can appreciate I mean, her performance, also, but did you like the film? Um, I don't think this is the tiebreaker or anything, but I think working in Chastain's favor also is being a producer on the film and kind of like shepherding yeah. it. And that always, I think, gets you some votes. The idea and, of like, this was your film. Like, she didn't direct it, but essentially it plays similarly to like an actor directing himself or an actress it, directing herself. And she's great on the mic, and she's great in interviews. She's got, you know, she's got some personality, and you see her a lot. Like Stewart and Coleman are kind of just floating around in in the background, where Chastain has shown up over the last few weeks and been on like you know the Good Morning Americas and and things of that nature, to give you a chance to say, ah, I wouldn't mind giving her the trophy. Where Stewart, you know, it's kind of just sit, you know behind the <laughs> backstage somewhere, and you don't you're not thinking about her, so. That's where well, I think that's, that's where she gets that love. She gets a little bit of that love. Quality versus personality, per se. Yeah. Like if you're voting for Stewart, you're voting just based on the role. If mm-hmm. you're voting for Chastain, you may be voting based on the role, but you may also be voting on, like, I like her. She's warmer. I feel like she looks better with the Oscar. And whatever your reasoning is, that isn't just the film. And that's not right. That's not wrong. That's just the reality of how this thing happens. And she's just, everything has broken her way at the moment since that SAG win. And uh, I can tell you that it's changed because we were scheduled to interview her and her schedule just disappeared. Like, not for lack of willing and, like, so we're not able, to, we weren't able to talk to her. Her publicist was, like, I've, I've never seen, like, an apologetic rejection. You know, normally we get, like, we couldn't make time, sorry. It was, we just, we want you to know this was not a rejection. She did not say no. We just, we literally cannot find time. And it is, like, not, because, like, they know like, okay, she's about to win. Let's get these all in the books. And the time just ran out. So, like, there is a, there's a thing that happens when you think you're, you're close. And I oh, think sure. they've sealed the deal. I think they've closed the deal. Well, I think Coatser was another one who, like, about a month ago was a much easier get for an interview. And then suddenly things went his way. And, yeah, I don't think they're returning okay. your calls. Not your calls, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's calls. No, no, mine too. It's fine. All right. <laughs> the big one. Best picture. All right. Here's what I want to do. Do you Did you guys rank the 10 or just your, your first two? The 10. I just did right. my first two. All right. Well, Miles, can you do it while we do it? 
give me one moment to pull up the list. Okay. So I'll I'll tell you my ten, and you can tell me what your ten is, and we'll sort of go from there. So my number ten is Nightmare Alley. Same here. Yep. Standing same. by a mile. All right. My number nine is Drive My Car. No. Okay. Not mine. My number nine is King Richard. Mine's okay. Don't Look Up. All right. My number eight is Licorice Pizza. That's my eight. Uh, that's where I have um, West Side Story. Okay. My number seven is Doom. My seven is Don't Look Up. King Richard. All right. I would say these four are out. Ten through seven, no chance. Yeah. Okay. My number six is Don't Look Up. That's where I have Drive My Car. And that's where I have Dune. I have I have Don't Look Up as like the shocker of all shocks. Like, who? How can you possibly tell? But probably not. Like, this is not likely. My number five is West Side Story. Uh, my five is Dune. My five is Belfast. All right. I think West Side Story had. To some degree, there's the like, oh, they're going to want an uplifting thing, but it kind of forgets the fact that West Side Story is a tragedy. Like, it has upper elements, but it is a tragedy. Like, two of the prominent characters are murdered. Like, um, I don't think it can win. There's an outside chance. My number four, perhaps surprisingly, is King Richard. I have licorice pizza there. I've drive my car. All right. I think this is the other one of like it's not likely, but you could maybe make the case that it's the, the it benefits the most from the preferential balloting of like nobody hates it, but nobody well, loves it. Kind of well, thing. that's a that's a thing with with this. That's where I'm. What I'm playing up is like drive my car, and you'll see my top three. Um, I think it it's all preferential ballot that plays that well, you know factors in here. I think the I think the. I think seven, eight, nine, and ten on my list are eliminated in the first round of voting, which is part of what I want to talk about when we do this in a minute. Um, so here, now we've gotten to the top three. These are where I think the majority of the votes are going to be, and what I think we're going to get to when it comes time to sort of repurpose the other votes, and we get into rounds two, three, four, five, six, however many ballots it would take, we'll never know. But these are the three until it becomes two. My number three is Belfast. Same. My three is West Side Story. All right. All right. I think they're doing What's a great your... job marketing that, and with uh, Debose, and yeah. uh, and it has a ton of nominations, but also it, it you know, the it story behind it. It's, I think the early feel, you know, the f- early thoughts on it were, oh, this is a remake. But when the more you watch it, I think my appreciation has definitely uh, increased in in sure. multiple viewings. So, okay. Well, tell me. <clears throat> What your number two is. My number two is Coda. My number two is Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog. Miles has the Power of the Dog. Steve has Coda. I will say that as of earlier this week, or I guess last week, my last update on March 18th, I had the Power of the Dog 1 and Coda 2. I am going to finalize on Friday. Um, I do think that when I make my final predictions, I'm going to have Coda at number one. And here's my thinking. The way my predictions have right, go right now, before the update, I have Power of the Dog winning picture, director, cinematography. 
that's fine. That works. It's not a, like amazing haul, but it works for that film. It's just clearly like, oh, the visual film won. If you switch Coda into picture, then it wins director and cinematography. Also works. The way my predictions are probably going to shake out, it does have just director. And I find that very strange, which then makes me think it's director and score. Which also is weird. But I think is maybe where it ends up. And it's just, it's, Power Dog is such a strange case and that it seemed unbeatable like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then started getting beaten. And, you know, Critics' Choice went for Power of the Dog, and they're, you know, my group unfortunately tries to be an Oscar predictor as much as anything else. Which is why you see, like, I believe Chastain won actress, even though Stewart was, like, literally the critics' pick all year long. Um, we don't need to get into that. I'm glad I'm a member. I play my part. I voted for Stewart. I voted for who I wanted. Um, but Coda winning SAG on its own means nothing. Power of the Dog wasn't there. That was more to tell us Belfast was falling behind. Belfast winning only British film at BAFTA was also telling you it's falling behind. Coda not being nominated are not super helpful. That win with Adapted, I think maybe was a sign that it's playing well and playing as a new film. That PGA win, though, is huge because it beat Power of the Dog on a preferential ballot with, was it nine of the same films? Is the only difference drive, uh, or is it eight? Because drive, drive my car wasn't there, right? Drive my car wasn't there. Being the Ricardos was there. Was Tick Tick Boom there also? I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it might have been. If it was, then I would assume Nightmare Alley wasn't there. Sounds right, right? But it doesn't matter. That means that when they did the preferential balloting and repurposing, Coda benefited more than Power. And I think there's, in terms of the Academy, in terms of voting, when you start to break down what people's other choices are, CODA doesn't do, I think, amazing in terms of number one votes. It does enough to still be there, but it does really well with two, three, four. And I think Power of the Dog does really well with ones, starts to fade away in the two, three, four, and then shows up more in the like six, seven, eight, nine, ten range. Especially if you don't want it to win. You know, you put it at 10 because you're just like, I'm trying to sabotage it. And I think if you also look at Belfast, probably almost no number one votes at this point. Does a lot of two, three, fours, and then a bunch of tens, essentially. There's no like in between, really. And that's going to keep it in the game, but eventually means it has to go to someone else or something else. And I, I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the Belfast voter is the CODA voter. Yeah, well, that's that's why I pushed it down. It was not my number three. It was actually my number two for a little bit, and then it became my number five because I'm like, yeah, this is going to be – the votes are going to be stolen. Well, here's what I want to do. With my 10, with the 10. So number 10, Nightmare Alley. When it's eliminated, those votes probably go to Power of the Dog, right? Sure. Most likely. So let's say let's say it's Coda Power of the Dog. I would say Nightmare Alley ends up going to Power of the Dog, but it's a small. Oh, you'll be between the two, between the yeah, two. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm sorry. When they start, okay. to, when they all get eliminated, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Nightmare yeah. Alley probably ends up going to Power of the Dog, but there's less votes there. Drive my car, probably the least amount of votes, but they're passionate, right? Probably does almost all ones and tens. Let's say. 
That yeah, that power. sounds right. So it's definitely yeah. going to power the dog. Licorice pizza? I think it's almost an even split. I think the crowd pleaser people go to Coda. I think the already people who like it go to power the dog. Dune? Mostly power the dog, but also it's it's a mainstream movie in a way. So that maybe helps Coda. One, I don't know how much this impacts anything, but Dune and Power of the Dog are neck and neck in most categories. Exactly. So I think there is a it being seen as exactly. So that that also, I think, in a in a in a in a chamber, I would say like seventy thirty Power of the Dog would benefit because of the competition, maybe closer to fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Don't look up exactly. Also, a similar situation. I think some of the people who are Netflix voters who like Don't Look Up obviously moved to Power of the Dog. But I think it plays closer to Coda in terms of who enjoys that film. In terms of like maybe a little more mainstream. I think a similar thing with West Side Story. West Side Story has art to it, but it is telling a big mainstream story. So they're they're not like as you, as you see as we're getting higher up on these predictions. At worst, Coda is kind of fifty fifty with Power of the Dog. King Richard, almost entirely Coda, I think. Yeah, and that's a huge one. And then Belfast, almost entirely Coda. And I think yeah. that's what makes the difference. I think if it wins, it does, It wins on, you know, however many ballots they go. I think it wins because eventually it's, you know, much like we've had in several years past, it's the least disliked. It also happens to be a very good film. So here's the thing. There's two ways to look at this. It's hitting at the perfect time. It's winning all the things it needs to win. It's a feel-good movie. Well, there's a war going on while people are generally negative in life and everything is breaking right and it's a lovely little winner. Nobody considers it like the best winner of all time. I actually think it'll be one of the better winners just because it's such a like delightful choice and flies in the face of like the the snobbiness in a way of the Academy while also not being like anti-snob. And the other way to look at it is it didn't get those other nominations for a reason it's peaking at the right time to make people think it has a chance and it's always been power of the dog. And I think that's just what you have to figure out as you finalize your predictions. Well, let me just, since I'm in, since I'm in the minority here, let me just as to power of the dog, um, because I agree with everything you just said. I think it is peaking at the right time. I think if Coda wins, I won't be in the least bit surprised. And funny enough, I like Coda more than I like Power of the Dog, Same. yet I'm still I'm still on the Power of the Dog train, and here's why. It got the most nominations, yes. including over Dune, a film that should have been a no-brainer to get the most nominations. Agreed. And for an arty indie film like that, that really cannot be underestimated. I think Coda is peaking at the right time, and I think that goodwill means that Troy is a lock, for example. Yeah. But if we also assume that Campion is a lock, I... I agree that it would be weird if a director was all it got, but my what I take from that is that I just don't see it happening that way. Yeah. So no, I think it's... I think you know if Power of the Dog walks away with picture, director, screenplay, editing, that's a very that fits the best picture formula. That's totally. you know that that adheres to what historically we've seen well, happen yeah, with we, this we, kind we of movie. Like a No Country for Old Men, for example, yeah. you yeah. know, it gets an acting nominee, but it's the same formula and right. it's v- totally very similar. So I think it's between the two. And yeah. 
he, I, I just want to make one more point, which is that what you're saying about like the Belfast votes going to CODA, King Richard votes going to CODA, I agree with all that. But I think that could actually work against CODA because I think the fact that movies like that are so high, there's a very reasonable chance that they split the vote. It's and awesome. if that ends up happening, then I think Power of the Dog just has the passion from all the crafts to sort of surge ahead. I think if Power of the Dog wins, it wins very early on in the balloting. I think the longer it goes on, the worse it is for Power of the Dog because what we just said, as it, as it pulls away, as you start to pull from other films more and more, the main competition tends to be the, the closer to crowd pleaser looking for that kind of vibe. Um, Something I would say, if you look at what win, what has won recently, you know, the, the film with the most nominations hasn't won recently, which I don't know that that's anything to put stock into. I think that's just a quirk of what has come out. Uh, what it wins when it wins Best Picture? It's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Anything's no longer a thing. You know, all these little markers are, are changing. Um, one thing that I would keep in mind... You would initially say that the the new Academy, you know, the new voters skew power of the dog, right? Um, I don't know that that's true. I feel like the nominations have definitely skewed a little cooler. I don't know that the wins have followed suit fully yet. It, It may be. I don't know that we're there yet. And something to keep in mind is there's a huge European voting contingent. And you would think, again, the Jane Campion film would do very well there. But that screenplay win for Coda at BAFTA tells me that at least the, the European voters who were in BAFTA did like the film. And maybe they also had that same situation where they, they just weren't as aware or into it until the time came. I don't know. Because there were, there were plenty of nominations that it left on the table there, too. All this to say, I don't know what, that I'm sticking with Coda. I... I hadn't done anything for a long time. I, I, I was on Belfast for the longest time. I moved to Power of the Dog. It sat there for a while. I initially didn't make the change with SAG, and I kind of said it needed PGA for me to even consider it, and it happened. And it added WGA as a little bit of a cherry on top. And I, uh, I just don't know. <laughs> can, I, can, I, I, can I throw my two cents in here? Totally. Because, uh, okay, so with Coda, here's why I'm picking it. A few weeks ago, I did mention the whole thing about it, it being fresh because <clears throat> it's been out for a long time, but still, people hadn't seen it. People weren't talking about it. And then it became a player, and, and Apple did their job to get it out there, and it's got a, probably the, one of the most uh, FYC campaigns I've seen uh, of all the films. It's on my personal top 10. It's one and two, Coda and Power of the Dog. But which one do I recommend to people? Coda all the way. Why? Because it translates. So I think, you know, with voters, this is the the Miles and Christie effect where they go, well, Miles liked it better. Uh, did Christie like it as well? Better? Coda better? Yeah, no, she heard two favorite films of the year were Coda and Belfast. Okay, so there you go. So you have, uh, I think, a, a number of voters who are just going to say, it, it, it made sense to me. That connected with me. Where power, the power of the dog, I know plenty of people said, what the hell was that about? I, didn't, I don't get it. I had to go watch it again. Where if Coda, especially if you're seeing it for the first time, 
it's hard not to get the message. So you walked away, you got it. Even if the voters went to events and said, hey, we're going to go watch it again and again and again, the power of the dog may never connect. Where Coda, a one-time viewing might have been enough to give it the votes, in my opinion. Um, like I said, it's easy to share. Plus, the no director, I think, works against the power of the dog. Uh, the director for it and the no director for Coda. You couldn't give Coda. Troy Kotzer is a, it's the biggest mark against, I think, for, for me, what I think for Coda. Because you go, well, I'll give it that, but I'm not going to give it a picture. But in the, on the opposite side of the coin, you have Campion. Well, I'll, I'll give it director, but I'm going to go with Coda. I'm going to go with the one that connected better. I mean, so, Yeah. So, I mean, know. here, for, for argument's sake, not that it matters, but here, this was... I have her uh, her best of the year list that I made her do because does any, is anyone surprised I made my girlfriend made a, made a top list? Um, actually, we ranked everything she saw. I won't put you through that. Um, but her top fifteen, which by the way, um, Pig was seventeen was sixteen. Um, fifteen is Don't Look Up. Fourteen is Road Runner. Thirteen is Red Rocket. Twelve is Shiva Baby. 11 is Dune. 10 is Spider-Man No Way Home. Keep in mind, she has not seen all the Marvel movies yet. Um, 9 is Mass. 8 is King Richard. 7 is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Sorry, Miles. 6 is Licorice Pizza. 5 is The Tender Bar. 4 is Spencer. 3 is Being the Ricardos. 2 is Coda. 1 is Belfast. Okay. Yeah. So it all just it all just depends on on I think if the X factor is in fact the world, then Bel- then Coda gets a, a boost. If that's not a factor, I don't know how that matters or if it does at all. I think it's this is this is literally the closest best picture race we've had in my memory. I think. I think Parasite in 1917 were close, but I think what about Moonlight, La La Land? I think that's a special case, just because we don't, we didn't know. It didn't feel like a close race until then. I think there's something to be said for that. May not have even been close for all we know. Um, This one, we've never seen in my memory this kind of change, and like the film that just happened to be nominated, I had it high. I had it at two and three, if you recall. A lot of times I'm just kind of like suspicion that it could like do well. And it never did those things. And I kind of moved it down. But I always had it in the top five because it felt like it could do okay. And then it slowly built back up. To, you know, while Belfast never took that next step. While Power of the Dog took those initial steps and then kind of settled. I, I, I wonder, like this is in a, in a sports world, I feel like Power of the Dog started playing prevent a little too early. And this is not what Netflix did in the slightest. It just feels that way in terms of like the film, you know, it, it's, it's voting win. While voting was going on, it won Critics' Choice. And the Academy doesn't care about that. While voting was going on, Coda won Producers Guild. The producers are there. Um, obviously, Power of the Dog won BAFTA, which does have a crossover, but also the way they vote is a little weird now. You know, SAG has a huge crossover, but not as much as it used to. Coda won that. Like, Whatever case you want to make, you have a great argument, and that is very rare. Like, even with 1917 and Parasite, you had a way better argument with 1917. 
your argument with Parasite was was a gut feeling, was a vibe. The idea that I think this movie can do it. And if it picks up maybe an extra win, maybe. And like, you know, most of us, if not all of us, didn't have Bong Joon-ho winning director. And still had, you know, I had Parasite winning picture saying I think I'm probably wrong. And when he won director and you heard that ovation, I, I was like, I think it's going to do it. And I, I mean, here's the thing. We're going to end on this. We will know early on in the night because traditionally the screenplay categories are early. And I really hope they're aware of this and don't do that because if, if Campion wins adapted screenplay, I think it takes a lot of the air out of the room for what's going to happen with picture. So like, I really don't want the first two categories to be adapted screenplay and supporting actor. That would be not fun. I feel like the act, the great way to do it would be you open up with supporting actor because they love to do that and Troy will give a good speech. Then you do supporting actress or you do original screenplay if you want. You do supporting actress because everyone will like Ariane DeBose's speech. You do some of the texts, you know, the ones they haven't gotten rid of. And you save adapted a little bit later in the show because then it becomes how does the power dog do with the rest of its votes? You do director. You do actor, you do actress, second to last, because there is still some surprise, and then you do picture. Of course, they won't do that because they're not smart. Nothing about the ceremony has made you think. Yeah, I was just about to say, any, anything that sounds like it would be a good idea, they will probably do the opposite. Exactly. But they'll probably be... start with picture because they're mixing it up. Exactly. So, actually, this is how I want to end now that I've gotten that off my chest. Say where you can be followed. Predict your favorite and least favorite part of the telecast. And when we record, the plan is hopefully to do this on Sunday night right after the show and do a bonus episode for Monday. No promises, though. But if so, we will look back on this and see how we did. But, Miles? Wait, in what way are we... What, what, what do you mean favorite part? When, um, what, do you think will be, okay, what do you think will be the best moment of the show and what do you think will be the worst moment of the show? So, for example, the best moment will be a speech by someone. Or, you know... Probably that, let's be real. And the worst moment will be when they announce a like gigantic shock that impacts the race via like the the before the the the, the telecast. Or that like again, they don't do picture last, or you know, we, we realize that we lost the editing nomination though editing went happening live so they could do a you know, a salute to Michael Bay or some nonsense like that. So Miles, you're up first. Oh god. I've got it's a real it's a real buffet of options for worst. Um, Well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Check out my writing on both Awards Radar and now on Looper. Please check out my short films Once Upon a Dracula and American Exorcist. They are both on YouTube under Chase Capo and Aftershock Pictures, respectively. Um... I think the best moment of the night is going to be, I, I think DeBose and Troy in particular are going to give some really good speeches. Will Smith might give a really emotional speech. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if Chastain wa- wins, it's not going to be for anyone's favorite performance of hers, but it'll be great that she's finally a winner. It's her scent of a woman, if you will. Yeah. Um, worst, oh God, I mean, choices, choices. I mean, anything that the hosts do is probably going to fall flat. Any of their special segments they do are probably going to fall flat. 
aren't we finding out like nine of the categories like on Twitter before the show? Possibly. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that how they said they were going to do I it? I think the ones that are going to be edited into the show, I think we might find out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard, that we're going to find out before the show even starts. Like, I'll get off the plane on Sunday, because I'll be out of town for my yeah, uh, brother's wedding. That, that and, like, I'll be in the airport finding out who won best editing, yeah, like, those, before the those, show's even those started. Those categories that um, they're doing, like, the hour before the show starts, I guess they're going to they're gonna announce, because, of course, someone's going to gonna tweet it out. Because, honestly, think about how pissed the, the branches are. If you're a... If you're an editor or a cinematographer or a composer is there, why would you not tweet it out? Like, fuck them. Yeah. Well, yeah, at that point, like, what what do you benefit from giving any credence to the show itself? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think however they handle that will probably be the worst part. Totally. And if Miles is really bad with his predictions, you'll be able to see him next on Gooper.com. <laughs> Which you'll appreciate this. I was showing her um, Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. And I started with the two-part uh, Clayface episodes. Oh, great. Which are my favorite. And she has uh, sometimes trouble with names. Like, I showed her wrestling documentaries, and she saw, she thought Mankind was Meat Eater. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode. Um, she referred to Clayface as Goo Man. All <laughs> I Goo want Man is true. Name. I want, I want Goo I, I, well, I've used Goo Man Group in, in several, several jokes that I was told to, you know, go home, you're drunk, essentially. But it was, uh, I was amused by that. All right, Steve, you're up. All right. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmstork. You can also listen to The Verse, where we did interview the visual effects teams behind Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings and also Spider-Man No Way Home, which are we fantastic did, We did interviews. the production designer for Free Guy, which did talk about cinema, uh, visual effects. Yeah, well. we, we did. We twice. Yeah, yeah, we did twice. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of great stuff. If you want to go and, and see how much you respect the, the work or how much you didn't realize that you would respect the work uh, that's on the screen, go on Awards Radar and, and look up some of the uh, the great interviews we have. We have. Uh, we, have Greg, we have Greg Frazier talking about the cinematography of Dune. We have um, we have the editor from, from Dune as well, Joe Walker. We have Hans Zimmer talking about Dune. We have plenty of Dune content. Um, I believe we have several other below the line nominations that are um, just we just put up one with the Cyrano costume designer yep and and Cruella costumes and Cruella hair almost so. every category we have several people from which has been cool yeah but yeah so go check those things out because there's a ton of great stuff up there um, and people don't take the time to appreciate it you know you look at the you look at the big picture but you don't look at the strokes Go in and and start studying film from a different level, and don't just look at the awards, but look at why these awards are happening. There's a reason they're nominated, and we go, why, why the hell would you give this to so and so? And when you find when you when you study it, you'll realize why that is, and that's a great way to appreciate not just film but everything. So um, Steve wants you to look at his strokes. Yes, please look at my strokes. Um, Wait, wait a minute. That's not what I meant. Wait, hold on. Delete that. Okay. My best moment is also, I'm going to go with uh, DeBose and Coatser. I think those are going to be great. And the least favorite moment or the worst moment of the night, based on the commercials, is going to be the uh, the opening act or monologue because I don't know what audience they're going for, but it's definitely not an Oscar audience. Just based on the commercials, I'm longing for the days of like a Billy Crystal. Uh, I, want, I want a simple... Ceremony that honors film, that is respectful of 
the work that's been put into these uh, amazing films and not something that's trying for ratings. And I think, I think we're going to get the, uh, the latter. So, yeah. Um, all right. You can find me at Joey Magazine, various social media platforms. Awards Raider is on many of them as well. I think the best moment will probably be the, the Troy Coatser speech. Um, it could also be if Coda wins picture and there's a particularly good speech. Um, I think those are really kind of your limits for, for that. Um, take your pick with the worst moments. I think they did. <laughs> bless you. They avoided the Thank actual you. worst moment that they could have had, which is imagine if cinematography was, was sent to the, the gulag as well. And Ari Wagner had won. And the first woman wins for cinematography, and it's basically during the commercial break. That would have been borderline unforgivable. But it's going to be the when we find out what they replace those things with. Or, here's the other thing to keep in mind, and then we'll close up shop because it's been a long episode. When we see how long they actually spend on those uh, eight categories, it's going to end up being probably like a minute shorter than it would have been otherwise. And we're going to be like, they didn't save any time. And it's gonna, or they're gonna save so much time. We're like, well, that felt shortchanged. And then as soon as it goes into the the salute to pubic hair, we're gonna wonder why we cared. And it's gonna be not great. So, hope I'm wrong. Maybe on Sunday night we'll be we'll be thrilled. I think more than likely we're gonna be pissed at the show and hopefully happy with the winners. So, that's where we're at. And uh, stay tuned. This will drop on Thursday. You'll see my predictions on Friday. And uh, the show's on Sunday. So feel free to share your own picks, your, your hopes, your dreams, your fears. And uh, for the last time before we talk about the winners, we will see you at the movies. Bye, everybody. Enjoy the show. Good night. Take care. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. 